Hey, Rose, do you ever call up Royally Obsessed on Alexa? It's one of the easiest ways to listen to the pod. You can hear our latest episode every week there, thanks to Amazon Music, which has a full catalog of podcasts, including Royally Obsessed. All you have to do is say, Alexa, play Royally Obsessed on Amazon Music. Oh, no, mine is listening to me say that right at this moment. <laughs> a royal reminder, new episodes drop every Thursday. Tune in on Amazon Music. Now on to the show. Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Stand by! Three cheers for Her Majesty the Queen! Hello, welcome back to Royally Obsessed. I'm Caitlin Menza. And I'm Lisa Ryan. And it's time for your weekly update on the royal news you need to know. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Wait, hold on. Royally Obsessed Podcast is the Instagram handle. I was just saying, are they the same thing? I've only like read the, this intro 105 times. It's the full word. Our Instagram handle is Royally Obsessed Podcast. Our Facebook group is Royally Obsessed. Subscribe to the podcast and leave us the royal rating of a five-star review if you haven't left us by now already. Um, send us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com. Um, this week, we are chatting about all of the updates from the Sussex Spring. It's a lot. Sussex Spring. It sounds beautiful. That's how I am rebranding it myself. They can <laughs> use it if they'd like. Um, then we have a date night for the Cambridges. And also, they went lambing. Lambing. What does that mean? I truly <laughs> do not know. Except I do because I read the article. Lambing. Lamb. Like L-A-M-B-I-N-G. Um, that's a teaser. And then we're discussing uh, Charles and Camilla's upcoming tour, which I'm just so excited about. We love tours. I love tours. Thank you for giving this to me. Um, and we first have a royal refreshment. And now it's time for the weekly royal cocktail. So we are drinking gin fizzes. Yes, with Tanqueray. With Tanqueray. So this was inspired by, um, I googled New Orleans cocktails. <laughs> so I was in Mardi Gras this weekend. I was at Mardi Gras this weekend in New Orleans. And um, I was looking at some of the famous cocktails from Louisiana and like ones the Vucare or the Sazerac. Those are very heavy drinks with a lot of brown liquor in them. Hmm. And I'm quite tired. And we know from past experience that if we just drink a bunch of whiskeys and rice and stuff and bourbon on this show puts us to sleep or makes us insane. The insane part <laughs> is the most common one. Yeah. And so um, I've been to New Orleans a bunch. I think it is the greatest American city. Really? I've I never really, been. Oh, my God. It's truly one of my favorite places in the whole wide world. Um, I was so grateful to all the Roros who responded to my Instagram request for tips about Mardi Gras, like things like it's a marathon, not a sprint wear clothes you don't care about because they're going to get sprayed with, like, mud and champagne, which, what a wonderful thing. Were they? Mm, yes. Um, be nice to your parade neighbors, especially if they oh. have kids. Like, hand off your beads to the kids. Like, it'll make you friends with the neighbors next to you. And maybe they give you beer, which is what happened to me. Mm. So that was really fun. Also, someone posted this in the Facebook group, but there was a float that had Harry and Meghan's faces on it. And of course, it wasn't the nicest. But it wasn't? No. But mm. it was a, an image of the two of them, like a caricature. And the theme of the float was things were giving up for Lent. And so, which is, of course, like why people celebrate Carnival or Mardi Gras or whatever is to prepare for Ash Wednesday. And so it was a picture of them and it, they're giving up the like the monarchy for Lent, and it was them like looking sad, you know, and oh. like tearing apart the monarchy with their hands. Does not seem like the vibe for Mardi Gras. No, it was like 
it, yeah, it felt sort of mean-spirited. That whole parade, there are so many parades, of course, during Mardi Gras, but apparently that one is known for, like, being a little satirical and political and oh. kind of mean. I didn't love it. Didn't love it. There are other ones that I adored, like Muses, which is an all-lady one. And they, oh. they it's, like, themed with high heels, and they throw shoes, high-heeled shoes at you. Oh, my God, that sounds dangerous. It's so much more, like— dangerous than I thought. You have to be looking straight ahead at all times <laughs> and super aware. You can't be on your phone. You can't be talking to your friend because you will get hit in the face like I did multiple times. Oh my gosh. With plastic trinkets. Anyway, it was super fun. What a wonderful place. So the drink is inspired. So the drink is inspired by that because a gin fizz is also associated with New Orleans. I love it. It's delish. Um, we have horrible weather in New York today. I'm sorry. I feel like I talk about the weather each week. You can't help it. The weather is my like passion, I guess. Because <laughs> we're old now. <laughs> what's happening outside. <laughs> but it's, it's just nice to drink like a lovely it's a happy drink for sure it's a happy drink um and now we have a listener email from stephanie um so i mean uh this is such a long and beautiful letter stephanie thank you so much for writing it is very emotional so i'm gonna try not to get emotional myself while i read some of the excerpts from it um so she writes in february 1981 i was a 10 year old girl obsessed with roller skating and rainbows but my life changed on february 29th when a very young naive kindergarten teacher became the fiance to the heir to the british throne That moment sealed my fate and began my almost 40-year fascination with everything British, and more importantly, the British monarchy. As I celebrate the big 5-0 coming up, I will be traveling to my spiritual home, London. I visited once when I was 13, and I'm now returning. Um, And then she notes, um, I want to thank you from that 10-year-old girl who was ridiculed by classmates for liking a princess. Um, Thank you from the young woman who wept profusely during the funeral of a woman she'd never met. Um, Thank you for providing a platform for those of us, all my fellow Roros included, to come and share our obsession, fascination, and dedication to not just a family, but to the traditions and values that the British monarchy stands for. Um, Thank you for being the tribe I've looked for these past 40 years. So beautiful. That is beautiful. But she said... February 29th, and as we're about to see, I'm pretty sure <laughs> it was second. February 24th. Well, maybe she found out in class and a couple of days later. On a leap day? That's a that's very interesting. And if yeah. 1981 was an odd year, it couldn't have been the 29th. Fact check. Fact check, because I know things about leap day, because we have a leap day this year. I know. What are we going to do? It can only happen on even years. Anyway, the point is, this week in royal history, February 24th, 1981, was the announcement of Prince Charles and Lady Diana Spencer's engagement. Um, I think we've discussed this in the past, that it is brutal. <laughs> it is brutal. Um, of course, just with 2020 hindsight, um, because it's a very happy, you know, announcement, of course. And so in this one, I think actually the, the little quote from Charles is pretty cute. The 32-year-old prince, which is um, my age and alarms me greatly, uh, said he was, delight, quote, delighted and frankly amazed that Diana is prepared to take me on, which is that cute, like, British, you know, humility yeah. that we love. Um, but for Diana, they write, looking up shyly through her long blonde fringe and giggling occasionally, Lady Diana said she too was, quote, delighted and thrilled, blissfully happy, end quote. Asked how she would cope with a dramatic change to her life, she said, quote, with Prince Charles beside me, I cannot go wrong, end oh, quote. Oh, that's so I sad. <laughs> I know. Oh. I know. I don't mean to laugh. I, we've discussed this. I, I don't know if it was the engagement, but we've had a, a different week in real history, maybe when they announced their separation. And it was similarly, obviously, um, not as excited as this, but um, hopeful, you know, like yeah. we're going to keep this nice for our boys. And, you know, obviously I'm summing it up in an American vernacular, but you know that they will not be keeping it nice. And so you, when you reread these things, it's just um, 
really sad. Also, her dad, you know, is asked about it, Earl Spencer, and he says, you know, when they ask about the pressures of the the last six months of attention that she's been getting while they were dating, it will be easier now. She will be under some protection, whereas before she had to face the music on her own. Oh, my goodness gracious. I know. It's really bad. It's really bad. Um, Anyway, it is wild to say, and it, it notes Lady Diana, who's 19, will leave her job as a kindergarten teacher. That's what I can't wrap my head around. I mean, <laughs> in addition to all of, like, the really tragic statements, but, like, 19? 19 years old. 19. I can't imagine, like... You see what um, anybody in the public eye for the royal family goes through now. And, you know, a lot of the people we're interested in are in their 30s, but like 19. It also just God. really goes to show how much has changed around the standards of like cultural standards, standards around marriage in a generation, in one single generation, you know? Yeah. Because, I mean, obviously it's different circumstances in so many ways because Charles was the heir. But, you know, Harry just married married someone in when he was in his late 30s or mid 30s someone in her slightly later 30s and like yeah. this was a 19 year old just my goodness gracious good grief i was a freshman in college just an absolute idiot myself <laughs> same so. same so that was this week in royal history it's yeah a, it's probably was happy at the time but is very sad Indeed. in 2020 hindsight, as you said, because it's 2020. Yeah. Um, the photos are also really great. I mean, she they're like holding each other. She's got that beautiful ring on. She's wearing blue to match the dress. Mm, tough She's, stuff. She was beautiful. Yes. Um, okay. So do we jump straight to lambing? Can we start this whole episode with lambing? Yes. Okay. So Caitlin first. It's like not related to any of the other themes of the episode. Yeah. We, we do not have an animal themed episode. Although, as you guys know, we love them. We sure do. But so, Caitlin, let's, let's just dive right in. What <laughs> is lambing so i mm, um, there's not a clear definition still not a clear definition if um you know our british speakers could assist with this but um prince william was speaking with rugby players at the wales versus france game um at card in cardiff over the weekend and he noted that he and his children were lambing this past week. Um, We've been lambing with the children this week, William said. Charlotte wasn't sure at first, but but George was straight in there. Louis loves the tractors. They love seeing the lambs and feeding the lambs. So one might gather Mm -hmm. that to lamb, the verb, means to hang out with lambs. That seems to be it. (laughs) Are they shearing the lambs? Are they riding them? Are they... Petting them? Petting them? Are they just observing them why are there tractors does it just mean like going to a farm going to a lamb farm going to a farm it's like we're (laughs) truly speaking another language we've been lambing i've been out lambing said william like what i'm fascinated by this apparently they learned farm techniques well that's adorable also caitlin menza trivia i'm speaking in the third person for people who can't tell our voices apart i caitlin menza am allergic to lambs yes no one can tell our voices apart (laughs) it is a problem actually but so here's some trivia i am allergic to most farm animals how did i learn this as a child i was taken to a petting zoo and my face blew up Hmm. so i myself could not go lambing so it seems like you are not a lambing enthusiast. Much like Charlotte wasn't sure at first. <laughs> if maybe my issue when I was four was not that I wasn't sure. I was very sure. And I put my face into their fur and rubbed it all around. And then my eyes blew up. Can't do that now. Can you wear wool? I don't care for it. Oh. But I think it's just a pet dander issue. Like I'm not great with cats either. Oh, yes. Or like riding horses. Interesting. Luckily, horses doesn't, they don't come up a lot. 
in well, New York City. You're obviously not cut out to be royal if you're not into horses. Sure not. Again, when this article from Elle goes on to requote Kate Middleton when she was on the Happy Mom, Happy Baby podcast, and she mentions again that, like, I love being in the dirt. Like, that's my happiest time is in the dirt with my kids. And I'm like, mm, not me. Couldn't be me. You were in the mud in Mardi Gras. I, I was. <laughs> so you, but, like, again, you get I, it. I live in New York for a reason. Like, I'm not, I'm not built for the outdoors. But I just— Super charming, obviously. We love any anecdote related to the kids, especially when they're happy and in the country and just and doing lambing. kid things. Lambing. Lambing. I wish you all lots of lambing this spring. Yes. Baby lambs. I Maybe I will lamb. You will not lamb. I will not lamb. But I might lamb. I will stay in New I, York. Lisa, <laughs> might lamb. Lisa the lamber. Um, oh, meanwhile, my new name. <laughs> meanwhile, this is the most ridiculous segment we've ever had. Um, meanwhile, <laughs> um, the parents, Kate and William, they're at a little event tonight. So, of course, we're recording on Tuesday night per usual. And the two of them are um, out at the theater. They are seeing Dear Evan Hansen, which I've not seen. Me and either. I'm, I don't entirely know the plot. I know there is... A boy. So, and he Evan. has a well, cast. Is it is he the main person or is Evan Hansen receiving a letter? Who knows? So I have a quick summary here from People Magazine in front of us. Oh, the, okay. The award-winning musical tells the story of a boy named Evan who struggles with social anxiety and strongly wishes to connect with his peers, so much so that he fabricates a friendship with a deceased student in order to be closer to the boy's family, which is almost without the death, like a uh, while you were sleeping kind of plot line, a movie oh. that I know Lisa loves very much. Yes, I do love that movie. And also I know that he wears a cast because yes. it's in all of the um, the ads that were on every New York City subway station for years. This is on my must watch list, but I go to the theater so irregularly. It's a due very to money. expensive thing yeah, to do. But um, so they went and I think the part of the reason why they went is it is a show about mental health and about youth mental health. So oh, it's sort of as in keeping with um, a priority of theirs. And of course, Kate wore... Oh, and the the show was held on behalf of the Royal Foundation. That's why they were there officially. But um, Kate wore an Epinine dress, coat dress thing that is just the most Kate Middleton outfit I've seen in, in a minute. Mm -hmm. Um it is black midi length, like just above the ankle, the length that would make me look like a tree stump. And it's sort <laughs> it's of, <true> though. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you for your honesty. And it's like a tweedy sort of fabric, but it looks like a coat, but it's a dress. I cannot tell. I think it's, there's no coat over that. That's just what you sit down and wear once she gets into the theater, you know? Um, and then she- Maybe it's a blazer. No, it's a full coat dress. Oh, it's all one piece. Very interesting. But it's very, it's like tweedy and then a full skirt. And then she wore her sparkliest heels and a matching sparkle clutch. And her hair looks extraordinary. She went to dry bar. Maybe it is redundant for me to comment on Kate Middleton's hair, but I would be remiss- if I didn't point it out, because it looks a little longer than I remember. Um, and it's just so full, just resplendent. And while her outfit is very um, conservative, and I would not say the happiest of outfits, mm -hmm. we know that it's a going out night for Kate Middleton mm -hmm. because of her sparkly shoes and her sparkly clutch. Yeah, I love it. It's just a great way to sort of, you know, be appropriate for the theater and look formal, um, but also have a little sparkle. I love a sequined <laughs> anything, sparkle anything. So I love that they're there. Um, I would love to go see Dear Evan Hansen sometime soon. I would love to see it as well. There's two other shows I really want to see. Obviously, I want to see Diana the Musical. Yes. And then I also, I also want to see Six, which is a new musical that I just found out about. Um, I found out because, like, 
listening to Hamilton and then my Spotify like went into this and I was like what is happening you were influenced by the algo it's like Euro pop retelling of the six wives of Henry VIII oh so that's a whole British theme there they're like divorced beheaded Ooh, I love that I mean it goes on because there's six of them oh my goodness okay we're on it we're on it um okay to go to the theater (laughs) so okay let's go on to Sussex time. Yes. So we're recording on Tuesday and we know that um, Harry's going to have an event this week with, spoiler, we'll get to it a little bit, but like mm-hmm. Bon Jovi. And then also we know that uh, Megan will be in town in not New York, but in London within the next week or so. And so they're going to have a bunch of events. But we saw Harry arrive in yes. the UK tonight, um, Tuesday, or at some point on Tuesday. And that's the first time we've seen him back on UK soil. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Um, well, I think we can maybe talk about the Bon Jovi thing first. Yes. Might okay. Well. So, I mean, it goes without saying that Caitlin is from New Jersey. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for starting there. Um, anytime I see a headline, like I'm looking at Town and Countries, Prince Harry and Bon Jovi join forces. Ooh, I'm so pleased. Caitlin's having a religious moment. <laughs> so, not only is Bon Jovi like super from New Jersey. They're from the Jersey Shore, as am I. So it really specially moves me. But so um, the event is just such an in, like it's such an interesting partnership. So Harry is visiting um, Abbey Road Studios, which of course is famous from the Beatles, um, later this week to do a record, like to sit in on a recording session with Bon Jovi and the Invictus Games Choir. Um, so they're re-recording Bon Jovi's hit song Unbroken to benefit the Invictus Games Foundation. Um, what a great... What a great situation. And of course, the way they announced it was in this like like wacky little Instagram video. Mm-hmm. I say wacky because they're just like breaking with form and like kind of shaking things up um, because it showed it via like their text messages between the two of them, between Bon Jovi and Prince Harry. But I did love the disclaimer that they're like, this is not real. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was just like, But it was cute. Like, it it's was a really cute, cute way to engage. Yeah. And so the re-recorded single, um, which the song itself is about... Um, shedding a light on veterans living with post-traumatic stress disorder. And so it's a perfect, you know, it makes a lot of sense for that to work with Invictus Games and with Prince Harry. And so the song will come out in March. And yay. I'm really glad. It just, it's a reminder, of course, Invictus is so important to Harry and he's not stepping back from that at all. He's full steam ahead and all these new like brand extensions and new aspects of the event that will make it even more sparkly when they come up in May. Um, So that's thrilling. That is thrilling. And then we, of course, received updates on what Harry and Meghan will be up to over the next week or two. They're going to be in the It is so packed. Yeah. March is going to be a very busy month. I feel like the last two months haven't been particularly busy. They've been, there's been a lot of news. There's been a lot of- That first week of January was cray cray. That was crazy. But like, there's been a lot of news. There's been like a lot of drama. There's been a lot of like absolutely insane tabloid activity. But like, there haven't been like a ton of events. But now we are- entering a time where there's going to be a lot of stuff. Yeah, just a quick, quick list here. And um, so, of course, the Invictus Games event with uh, Bon Jovi will be on February 28th. On March 5th, Meghan and Harry will be in London for the Endeavor Fund Awards. Um, Then there will be a Mountbatten Festival of Music at Royal Albert Hall on March 7th, um, which will be like a fancier event, presumably. And then on March 9th, they will be with all the family together at the Commonwealth Day Services at Westminster Abbey. Um, So quite a week. When you said Mountbatten, it reminded me of this thing that I did on Sunday, which was I watched like four movies. Uh, um, mm-hmm. One of them was Kate and Leopold. Oh, dear. One of the worst movies I've ever seen. Well, correct. And 
Leopold said one of his many names was Mountbat. Well, that's a great, like, term to just throw in there to make it seem super authentic. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, sorry. Tangent. Oh, my of God. Of course. I don't Just don't encourage people to watch Kate and Leopold. That's it's the issue. It's very bad. That's the issue. I support Meg Ryan, <laughs> but not in this capacity. No. So I'm really happy about that. And then, so I have... I don't really know how to discuss the plans that they released on Friday on their website because, truthfully, not a lot was new. It almost seemed like all of these things I was kind of like, didn't we like hash this out a month ago? Like what what is especially new here? And on top of it, I felt like a lot of the things that we learned in that very long statement from them on their site, like the sort of bullet pointed thing, were things that had been reported earlier that week. Um, So things that either had come from what seemed like pretty direct reports from Buckingham Palace on Wednesday and Thursday, and the aspect of them not being allowed to use Royal in Sussex Royal had been reported on Tuesday. So we're talking about them bringing things up on their website three days after they'd already been reported. And I couldn't, I said this on Twitter, I just couldn't quite grasp why they would choose to re-up all of these things after they'd already been reported and seemingly confirmed by Buckingham Palace. Like, why own it yourselves? Um, so I'm trying to think of some of the items. Like, it mentioned that, of course, again, the 12-month review. It mentioned that they won't be using Royal in Sussex Royal. Um, it mentioned that they'll be working. Like, I just, I wasn't sure what we learned from that. Yeah, well, so... Everyone knows we like Lainey. She had a really um, thoughtful um, analysis of it. Uh, her title was Sussexit. Sussexit. The slow fade. I'm sorry. That's just a word that I cannot say. It's not great. Sussexit. It's hard to say. It's easy to spell. But she looked at, she tried to kind of read between the lines of what might be said. And she also looked at how depending on, you know, where your fandom or interest may lie, you may view it as one thing and you may view it as a completely other thing, which is, of course, how, how, this it, goes. How's it, how it goes and how it works. Um, so she highlighted a few um, uh, paragraphs. She said, um, so one of them that she highlighted was, while there is precedent for other titled members of the royal family to seek employment outside of the institution, for the Duke and Duchess of Sussex, a 12-month review period has been put in place. So in Laney's... Uh, interpretation, you could view it as them, like, you know, taking a direct swipe at the palace mm-hmm. or the queen, or it could be them kind of clarifying something that they're seeing in the press and they're being like, hey, people are singling us out, but everybody else gets to do this as well, or like many other people get to do this as well. And then yeah. another thing that she pointed out, um, uh, For the above reason, the trademark applications that have been filed as protective measures and that reflected the same standard trademarking requests as done for the Royal Foundation of the Duke and Duchess of Cambridge have been removed. That's actually something um, I was a legal reporter for a few years. And so I've thought about that because I see this anytime like a celebrity files for trademarks and everyone's like, oh, my gosh, this person filed for trademarks and they're going to like put make pajamas and do all these crazy things. Or like, who do they think they are? Yeah. But in reality, a lot of the times when people file for trademark applications, it's just to protect their brand and protect their name. So it seems from the statement that they are saying that they're trying to protect their brand and protect their name the same way that the Cambridges have. Yes. So there's a lot of that in what they released. It's very, very long. Yeah. She basically pulled out, like the two that Lisa just read, like examples of language that people have highlighted as being a little snippy. And saying, like, here's how you could translate this statement to be like, 
not not snippy, but defensive. Like William and Kate, just a reminder, William and Kate filed for a trademark and they didn't get the bad press about it. So like, what do you care? Um, I, I get that, but I do think there, this is my opinion. I do think there was a tiny bit of snippiness or potentially maybe passive aggression throughout just things that I didn't love and I think they could have done without. Um, so, for example, the biggest example for me was the item about Sussex Royal. Um, they wrote, while there is not any jurisdiction by the monarchy or cabinet office over the use of the word royal overseas, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex do not intend to use Sussex Royal or any iteration of royal in any territory, either within the UK or otherwise when the transition occurs spring 2020. So basically they're saying, you don't, you are not allowed to keep me from using the term royal, but I will stop using it like as a courtesy. Why did that need to be said? I don't know. I kind of liked it. <laughs> but I guess that just goes to show where my interest lies. But I just thought, like, good for you. Like, there's no jurisdiction by the monarchy overseas. Like, you can't stop me when I'm overseas. You know, it just seemed a little silly to me. I mean, as someone who uses royal in my own branding, <laughs> royally obsessed, you know, we were not given permission by the monarchy to call it royally obsessed. Yep. Royally is just an, an adjective, or actually rather an adverb in this case. Editor. Thank you. Um, yeah, of course, they don't have jurisdiction overseas on a on an adjective, but I just didn't know that that needed to be said. But yes, of course, that's in the eye of the beholder. If you are going to defend Harry and Meghan no matter what and always assume the purest of intentions from them, then you might not see that snipping. But I just thought it was like a little bit unnecessary. Sometimes I just wish they wouldn't like open this door to the criticism because sometimes I think they do feed into it and they do get a little tiny bit over defensive and I just wish they wouldn't. Um, I don't know. People are going to hate them no matter what. So you, there's only so much you can do to get ahead of it. And mm-hmm. I, I just almost wish they would explain less. And all these reports were already out three days before. So why like bring all this new stuff up? I except to start yet another news cycle about your plans. Well, it seems to me that there's a lot of emotions involved on all of the sides. All (laughs) all sides. I can't say either side because there's so many different sides because you see all the reports that are out there and you know that like sometimes you can see a report and you're like, that's absolutely out of context. We deal with that all the effing time. But you can see something like that's out of context. That's presumably entirely made up or like that is not fact-based. But then other times you're like, somebody is saying this one thing And so there have been a lot of reports of, like, you know, people saying, like, the queen is hurt. The queen is sad. Other people being, like, the Sussexes are hurt. They're sad. And, like, who really knows what's actually happening? But I feel like it's it's emotional, whatever is going on behind the scenes. I feel like that's, like, the only take I can really have about, like, this statement that they released. And also, like, all of the, you know, statements to the tabloids about hurt feelings and whatever else is happening from people within the palace so yeah it's it's hard to know and it makes me it makes me sad for a lot of the people involved um I I sometimes try to put myself in their positions which wish like <laughs> would be to do would be great like yeah. just paid off my student loans but like <laughs> you know maybe one day yeah but like um I sometimes think about it and I'm like if you have like from the Sussex perspective if you're just trying to live your life and maybe sometimes you mess up like that's just part of being human but like you're trying to live your life and you're trying to make a positive impact in the world but then every single thing you do is just absolutely trashed and twisted out of context yeah it just makes me sad and then an example of something that just happened over the weekend so um you know all the reports about like how they're no longer going to be having or 
you know, it was reported that they might be having a foundation, but now they're not going to have a foundation. Instead, they're looking to start a nonprofit organization. So then there were these reports in the tabloid saying that Megan's best friend, Jessica Marooney, um, had filed trademark requests for a new Sussex Foundation branding. But then it turns out that the paperwork was actually filed by like a completely different entity. Like she has a charity called the Shoebox Foundation that she runs with her sisters-in-law. And I think it's actually quite nice. It's like you make shoebox with um, like self-care items for Aww. women in shelters. I think it's That's really wonderful. lovely. So then the tabloids were like the Shoebox Foundation or whatever, like some something with a similar name filed this trademark and did that. And then it turns out that that was an entirely separate organization that's like run by some person in North Carolina. Right. And so Jessica, like, I think she tweeted about it, right? Being like, "Mm, (laughs) not me. Um, So that's like, that's how she, I don't know. It it makes me, it really does make me scared for the Mulroonies because I'm just like, people are probably going through your trash. I know. Like, that's the level of scrutiny that you get as being, like, a clear friend of theirs. Um, How fun for them. But then I also think it's really nice that they have such a loyal friend. Oh, yeah. Of course. That's really, really nice. Of course. And in that vein, uh, we're looking at a report from Harper's Bazaar, which um, is always just so, so great. And so um, a source revealed to Bazaar that Megan will be conducting some private and patronage-related meetings during her time in London, which, of course, she does. Of course course. she will. (laughs) She'll come with her binder. She's going to be fully prepared. And people are going to be like, oh, no, she emailed early in the morning to confirm that this is the agenda. Yeah, it'll be the least surprising thing when she, like, spends her however long they're here two weeks or so um just super planned out with meetings i love i love my megs you know (laughs) like she's really getting it done so yeah i i don't i don't know i don't know how to feel about all of it i i guess i'm just i can't believe we're still getting headlines that are like the plans for their sus exit revealed and i'm like still we're still getting plans like we still they get crazy traffic. I, I get, I know. Like, it's always like, or I saw some things that were like, Megan and Harry's bombshell statement about their exit. And I'm like, what did I miss? I think partly because I was traveling, so I would check my phone and be like, oh my God, what did I miss? And it's like, oh no, 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 no. We're just calling it a bombshell statement. It's the same thing that's been reported all week, all month, all 2020 so far, basically. I just don't... <sighs> I almost just wish it were March 31st so we could just get on with it. I'm sure they feel the same. Uh, but I am really, really excited to see everybody throughout the month of March because I have missed them. It's a birthday gift to me. Oh, yes. Um, getting ahead of myself. March 12th. Yeah. March 12th. Um, it's a birthday <laughs> gift to me. Let's see. Okay. So we have some other bits and bobs. Um, Queen Elizabeth once wore braces. Yes. I appreciate this as someone who had extensive orthodontia. My dear Caitlin... <laughs> on the Jersey Shore, was living her life with her perfect teeth. Uh, I, not so much. Extensive. I have one funky canine tooth that twists out. Oh, how sad for you. (laughs) How sad, Caitlin. Years of orthodontia. Must have been real tough. So the queen revealed that um, she had braces. She basically just said, I had wires. Luckily, it was a very long time ago. And then she told a 10-year-old, I think it's worth it in the end. (laughs) So sweet. Agreed. I Whilst just, going through it, it felt like torture. Yeah, she was at a. Um, she was officially opening the new premises of the Royal National ENT and Eastman Dental Hospitals, and so she met a bunch of kids being fitted for braces. It's just wild too because she's like, "It's worth it in the end." I had braces when I was your age in the mid nineteen thirties. It's probably like, painful. Probably very painful. I doubt she had colorful Ugh. elastics. Yeah, no Union Jack colors in those <laughs> teeth. Um, oof. 
it's like it is wild too though that in all that time we haven't improved like the process you know probably like minorly I, I wonder if we have any orthodontists listening if so thank you for your service yeah but- <laughs> my own boyfriend had to get braces at one age and then had to get them again a couple years later after they took them off they're like nah jk let's wire those babies back up well we have some little cute things from queen mcgrath I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly, um, who is the queen of Denmark, is turning 80 in April, and she's having a big old fancy 80th birthday party. And so a lot of royals will probably be there, um, the ones from the Netherlands um, and a bunch of other folks, because, of course, she is a descendant of Queen Victoria, which is like every other royal in Europe. So a bunch of her cousins will be there. So like a fun thing to look forward to in April. That's nice. Yeah. I'm happy for her. Yeah. Like, Way to ring in 80. Absolutely. Um, so that's really fun. And then I think we can maybe wrap up with uh, the Charles and Camilla announcement. So this also just came out on Tuesday, one of the day where we're recording, um, that they are getting fired up for a royal tour in March. March. Things are happening. It's going to be a busy month. Yeah. So um, on you know today, Clarence House released details of their tour. They're going um, to Bosnia and Cyprus and Jordan from March 17th to March 25th. Um, and so they will be looking at um, some of the post-conflict resolutions that have, are still going on in the Western Balkans. Wow. Um, he's also there for the anniversary of Srebrenica, which was a horrific uh, site of the Bosnian genocide. Um, and then they're going to Cyprus to celebrate the historic ties between the UK and Cyprus. You went to Bosnia like last year, right? I went to Serbia, oh, um, not Bosnia. No, I No, no, it's okay. Um, they, well, they might not think it's okay. They're peaceful now, <laughs> but I didn't know much about the, the wars in the Balkans at all because, of course, we were little kids and so I learned a bunch there and what I think is so great about royal tours and it's one of the many reasons why they do them is you wind up learning so much more in the process and so I think that I'm really excited to see you know again they're going to be looking at the 25th 25th anniversary of the genocide so we'll be learning so much more just because we'll sort of be inspired by the photos and by the speeches they give and I just think that's a really nice aspect of royal tours and I'm just excited that um they're going to be out and about doing them. And so Charles has visited Jordan before, of course, as well. Um, but this is both of their first uh, visits to Cyprus. Um, just like exciting stuff. And this was the first royal visit um, to Cyprus since the Queen's visit in 1993. Crazy. Fun stuff. Fun I'm so stuff. excited. Also, when they're in Jordan, they'll probably be meeting with Queen Rania, who's like the most beautiful, glamorous queen in the whole wide world. She is beautiful. She's so beautiful. So I'm really excited about that. Um, and I think we should wrap up there and take us to some highs and lows. It's time for the royal highs and lows. Start with lows. Lows thinking about braces. <laughs> Fair. Um, I think my low will be, I'm not, yeah, I just didn't, I don't love this round of gossip around the Sussex stuff. I don't love all the like headlines that are like the queen is destroyed. I honestly always roll my eyes always when it's something about the queen's emotional state because they're like another heartbreak for the queen. Her distant cousin is divorced from right, his right, fourth right, wife. Right. That's not an actual headline. <laughs> That's my impression of the tabloids. <clears throat> Excuse me. The headline is always that she's destroyed, that she's so upset and I'm like again, this woman has lived through so much and I think she's a tough lady and I just don't I don't know 
I, I, of course, I think the Sussex thing was came as a big shock, and I'm sure it was really tough. But she's been through a lot of things. She can handle this, you mm-hmm. know. Come on. Um, so I just that's a low. I just I don't really get it. I rolled my eyes at all of it. I don't I don't care for it. How about your high? My high is actually something I saw on the Facebook group. Um, there's a thread. Uh, Mary posted. What's the craziest, funniest, most passionate thing your real obsessions made you do? No judging. This is meant to be fun. Mine is I bought two of Megan's coats. They were so chic and warm I couldn't resist. I mean, relatable. Though. I, mean, I have not <laughs> bought them, but I really I like that J. Crew coat a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. The, the blue piping. One. Yeah. yeah, it's really good. So um some of the responses that I've seen, um, Someone wrote, uh, I got up at 4 a.m. to go to school to watch Will and Kate's wedding and left the TVs on throughout my morning classes. Um, Some of my 10th grade boys had rather quizzical looks on their faces, but humored me. (laughs) Um, Someone said, uh, had my boyfriend stand guard at the doors checking for security guards so I could snap a photo of Megan's dress in Edinburgh last year. Um, Another person said... uh, when Banana Republic did a, a collaboration with Issa, I bought the Kate wrap dress and also got my engagement photos done in it. Also, I have a sapphire engagement ring. Wow. I remember that dress because I loved that blue dress because all I do is wear blue. Mm-hmm. And great, then, great color. So flattering. Yeah, so like I, I remember seeing that dress in Banana Republic and I was like, should I buy it? And I was like, can't afford it. <laughs> it's a common theme with our royal fashion <laughs> feelings. <laughs> Um, but no, a very super, super sweet thread. This is just so fun. It's nice. It's like, it's nice when people are just happy and fun. Oh, that's that's our favorite part of the Royals. Mm-hmm. Um, in that vein, my high is um, a post from my best friend, James Middleton. Mm-hmm. So um, the deadline for the um, early years survey from Kate Middleton was actually last week. Um, and so he last week posted an Instagram to support her and to urge his followers to take the survey, which is so sweet to see a brother supporting his sister's project. Um, he captioned it, this isn't a post about dogs, dot, 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 brace yourselves, which is fair. Um, but it's in huge support of my wonderful sister's early years initiative to ask five big questions on the under fives. And so he urged everybody to take the survey. So cute. I love sibling support. Every once in a great while, I will post looking for sources on like Facebook, which is basically what I use Facebook for, professional stuff, and my brother will share it. Aw. I know, which is actually helpful because he's slightly younger and he'll give me like slightly younger friends instead of me just interviewing nothing but 33-year-olds all the time, (laughs) (laughs) which is not great. Um, So I just, that, that was super sweet. And of course, truly everything James Middleton does delights and charms me. So, of course. Um, until next week, you can drop us an email at info at gallerypodcast.com to ask us any and all questions about the Royals. Remember to subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts if you're in the mood. If you're so inclined, here's a real review um, that Lisa will read. Sure. Um, it doesn't make grammatical sense. Okay, that's what I was struggling <laughs> with. The subject line is not grammatically perfect it says i love perfect for the royal geek <laughs> yeah. maybe it's like two sentence like two sentiments <laughs> I, I love perfect for the royal geek um and then it's from anonymous podcast mm-hmm. sure, uh, sure. they write this is an amazing episode no idea which one Mm-mm. um i love their chatter and insight additionally they offer a kind review of royals we thank do. you for their their beautiful personalities thanks what <laughs> 
English might not be their first language or it might be a bot. I hope it's a really happy bot. I hope so. Please, bots. Or like one of our grandparents. There's oh, always that option. Caitlin's well. grandma has commented. But I don't think that the the username would be anonymous podcast. It would be like my mom's social security number and full name. <laughs> you know? I'm always like, you can't put that information in your handle. Like that's not what that's for. <laughs> no, my mom is great. Of course, she knows exactly what she's doing. Um, you can follow the show on Instagram at really obsessed podcast. I got it right that time. And join our Facebook group, Really Obsessed. Uh, Where can people follow you, Lisa? Lisa Raya with no N. It's taken. It was taken. So Twitter, Instagram, et cetera. (laughs) And your website as well. Yeah, that has no N. No N. I'm living an endless life. (laughs) And endless, not endless. I will die one day. You are feeling gin, fizz. (laughs) Are you not? (laughs) I am. Um, And you can follow me, Caitlin, at HeyKMenz, H-E-Y-K-M-E-N-Z, on Twitter and Instagram. I read my writing at CaitlinMenza.com. Thank you again for all the Louisiana row rows who sent me tips or just people who had been to Mardi Gras because they were really solid. I'm going to Austin this weekend. So if you have any Austin tips, I've been a a couple of times, but I always want more taco tips. So please send me your taco tips. And until next week, God save the pod. We're going to be so busy. And the tacos. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.